When Paul is talking about love, he's talking about the yeast uh, in a community which can make things grow. This is the stuff that will change a marriage, that will help you understand your children. This is the antidote for what ails communities. If you and I can't apply Jesus's love, then what's the use? This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm Melissa Rao, your host, and this is a conversation inspired by Bishop Wright's Four Faith Weekly Devotion sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe in the episode's description. Good morning, Bishop. I love the title of this week's devotion, (laughs) Grow Up! Exclamation point. It's inspired by the quintessential passage read at many weddings, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 through 13. Love is patient, love is kind, etc. And if I've been listening well over the whole time we've been recording together, this is a big theme for you. Maturity, growing up. And I'm wondering if you can share more about what you really want us to know or feel around that theme. Well, I, th- I think um, what I want us to know, all of us to know, myself included, maybe especially, is, is that I, I want us to know what Paul, St. Paul, the Apostle Paul, wanted us to know. Uh, and, and that is, is that um, love uh, is adorable, the most durable force in the universe, and that, uh, that real love uh, has power to change things in the real world, uh, and that uh, love will grow you up. And, uh, and that the, the practice of love, the application of love uh, is a gift uh, and that all of us have the capacity uh, to uh, appreciate it and to, uh, and to live into it. And that if we do that, we can change not only our hearts, but we can change the world. Paul wants us to know that. And then he tells us what the price tag is, right? All these flowery words come, you know. Uh, it's like when you sort of walk around and see a car, you see the wheels, you see the tires, you see all the, the amenities and the features. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not insist on its own way. Love does not swoon. But, you know, all of those things. And then you get around to the window with the price tag. Right. And you see the sticker price and the sticker price is grow up. Right. That's the sticker price. <laughs> the sticker price is if you want this stuff. If you really want it, it's why I, I mean, Paul wasn't talking about weddings when he wrote it, but uh, but it's a, it's wonderfully appropriate to to those of us who would unite with another person and try to live a life of love. Uh, you know, some growing up has to happen uh, because one of the the worst enemies uh, to love is immaturity, right? And and what is immaturity? Well, uh, Paul says, when I uh, was a child, I thought as a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child. But when I became a man, when I became a woman, I grew up. I put away childish things. And so why I love this text uh, and why it's a go-to for me is because I also think it's an indicator of the Word of God and the sacraments of the church and the Holy Spirit working in your life. I mean, the journey for you and I, as we try to follow Jesus Christ, is that we're different month by month, year by year. We're working on something. The water of the Holy Spirit is dripping on the rock of our hearts, and it's beginning to carve a path, 
right? So we ought to be able to look back at the ways that we used to practice love and the way, you know, and, and look at the ways we are practicing love now, and we ought to see a difference, right? Uh, and so this is what Paul is all about. And he knows that when we practice grown-up love, things can change. We have just celebrated Dr. King's holiday not too terribly long ago. And this is what Dr. King was talking about. He wasn't talking about sentimentality. Sentimentality is worth absolutely nothing. He wasn't talking about nostalgia, right? It's nostalgia has it's it's wonderful but it has terrible limits. It is it does not have the horsepower to change individuals or communities. Remember what uh, King said, I want to change the enemy's heart. Yeah. So so when Paul is talking about love, he's talking up he's talking about the yeast uh, in a community which can make things grow. Uh, and and so he he certainly outlines it, but he wants us to know that this is the stuff that will change a marriage, that will rescue a marriage, that will help you understand your children uh, even through hardship and profound seasons of misunderstanding. Uh, he wants you to know that this is the antidote for what ails communities local and global. I mean, and so if you and I who, who say that we abide in Jesus's love and somehow have been touched by Jesus's love, uh, can't therefore then apply Jesus's love, then what's the use? Mm. What's the use of the whole thing? Well, all right. So I can't help but wonder about the chicken and the egg concept. <laughs> so uh, does one grow up because of love or does one practice mature love because they've grown up into it? Or is it a matter of looking at things through like a different set of lenses? I guess. Yes. I guess what I'm trying <laughs> to ask here is where does maturity come from? Yeah. Right. So it's, it's yes. It's, I mean, is the answer. It's, it's not, <laughs> it's not one or the other. It's not chicken and egg. It's a circle. Yeah. Right. Is that we, are, we have been, we, we are exposed to the ideals and ideas of the love of God, Christian maturity. We practice them. The muscles begin to grow even as the spirit aids us to give us the will to even want to give it a shot, right? So it is this wonderful, complex thing that is happening all at the same time. We read about Jesus. We are struck by his example of radical love. It, it touches our heart. We try it. We fail, right? We get up again by the aid of the Spirit, and we try again, right? Uh, if you want to know if you're moving in the right direction, are you uh, able to try to love the people who, uh, who have injured you? Uh, can you love the people who have hurt you? Uh, can you can you love and appreciate? Is, is that an ever widening circle for you? The kinds of people that you can love. I mean, these are the ways. These are the road marks in this sort of Christian maturity and Christian love. And here's the thing: when we have met these people, when these people have had the microphone in world history, they have changed us. They have helped us. I mean, again, Desmond Tutu has just died not not terribly long ago. We we, we laid him to rest, and and I think to myself. Would the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, would that have worked as well in South Africa as they tried to confront how they had injured one another, right? Would that have worked if we didn't have a guy or a girl sitting there convening that conversation who had a sense of the divine love showcased in the life of Jesus? No, I think we would have had, uh, and the people would have said it would have been reasonable 
to have a more punitive situation, to have a more condemnatory sort of flair and flavor. But, but because he has been exposed, I mean, this is a guy who didn't vote till he was 63 years old, wasn't allowed to vote till he was 63 years old. What helped him through his understandable bitterness? What, stand, what, what, what helped him through all, uh, the worst uh, emotions that, that you and I as human beings all would have in the face of living under that uh, oppressive regime? And so it is this grown-up sense of love, right? And again, we have, to, we have to look back beyond Paul and realize that this comes from the mind of God. In fact, this is who God is. The Bible tells us that God is love. Uh, love is not what God is doing. Uh, love is who God is. Is. And so when Paul is inviting us to grow up, Paul is saying to us, uh, be what you already are, which is an expression of God's love in the earth. Be more fully right, what you are. And that is made in the divine image of God. And you have to apply it day to day. Now, that's the sticker, right? Because we could get into church and we could swoon at a sermon or a song and it'll touch us for an hour, hour and a half, and then off we go right into the parking lot and begin to sort of tear down the whole damn thing right off the bat, right? So it's in the application day to day, right? And and one of the great uh, hallmarks uh, of this uh, is beginning to value others as you value ourselves. If you want to know where the bar is, that's where the bar is. Love the Lord with your, your God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and neighbor as self, right? And so if we want to know what the trajectory is, that's the trajectory, right? And then Jesus, the genius, tells us how to get there. So how do we get to all these lofty ideas? Oh, thank you, Jesus. We should pray. We should pray. We should give of our psychic, spiritual energy to those we struggle to love. And that, Jesus says, will increase your ability to love. This is what he does as his last act. Is it not on the cross? He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then he begins to make community. He tells his disciples, this is your mother. He tells his mother, these are now my siblings, right? And so so love has this amazing power, both in the ideal and in the practice, to begin to sort of move the furniture around. And it sounds ludicrous. And this is is one of the difficult parts about being church, right, And, and follower of Jesus, is because in this world, uh, with its dog-eat-dog sort of uh, approach to things, we sound like fools. Well, I'm going to apply a grown-up love to the situation. We sound like fools, right? And and, and then then you got to get into the mind of, of God again, where God is using things that are foolish, right, to overturn the wise, the wisdom that you and I, the partial wisdom, that you and I begin to generate. God is a genius in this regard. Well, on that note, we'll be right back after a short break. This is Four People producer Easton Davis thanking you for listening to Four People. Four People is a space of digital evangelism dedicated to sharing the good news and leadership of Jesus Christ. Who do you know that needs to hear today's episode? Who do you want to hear it? Subscribe to four people and keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. And now back to four people. Welcome back to four people. 
Bishop, I don't know about you, but it seems to me that maturity breeds maturity and immaturity breeds immaturity. And I, I feel like we have a society hurting right now because of all of the outside pressures inundating us and it hurts. And, and it's, it's, it's hard for me to even consider that I, I know I'm a part of the problem that, you know, uh, mental health, uh, the ability to take care of oneself and mental outlook sometimes precludes us from getting beyond ourselves and putting God first and being able to practice mature love. And it seems to me like immaturity, again, immaturity breeds immaturity. And I just have to say, I'm a little worried about it. Me too. Amen, sister. I'm, I'm worried I, about it too. I'm I, worried I like about to, its effects. Right. So how do we break the cycle? How do we start healing so that we can practice mature love again? You know, um, there's a lot of analogy uh, that, you know, one could bring to this. Um, uh, I, I think about, I think about uh, you know, the married couple, right? Uh, you know, the one person in the marriage waiting for the other person to, to do the growing up so that then they can now do the growing up. Right. And I think that one of the aspects of this grown up love idea is, is that you and I begin to live out our values and that they not be contingent on other people's behaviors. That's a first sign of maturity that I'm doing what I'm doing, no matter what Melissa is going to do. I am committed to my values, no matter. I mean, again, this is this is what we would say. What what do we say to our kids, or what do we used to say to our kids? If all your friends are going to jump off the bridge, <laughs> would right. you jump off the bridge? You know, what we're asking our youngster to do is to begin to differentiate his or her values versus the values in their larger group. Right? Isn't that what we're saying? Right? Yeah, and we're saying to them is that that not only is that intelligent. But that is mature, and that's what we taught you to do, right? Isn't that what we say to our youngster when we have those kinds of conversations? Is God any different? No. So it's not contingent on what the group does or doesn't do. It's not contingent on the immature response. Uh, what we're doing, and this is why this is another grown-up aspect, what we're doing is we're saying we're committed to following Jesus. Come with me. And when people have done that in the history of the world, in the history of this country, it has changed things. It has been enigmatic. It has shown us a different way, right? Because people have been absolutely committed uh, to this notion in a kind and gentle fashion to show out the love of Christ in the world. And it's taken the community, it's taken the society sometimes decades to see that that was a poignant example of God's love. But the person who was offering God's love in that situation was not waiting for good reviews, was not waiting for happy tweets. That person was walking as close as they could walk to Jesus Christ. And that is our invitation, both in marriage, uh, in family situations, in community situations, at the workplace, right? I do what I do, not because Rob wants to be a good guy. I'm doing I'm trying to do what I'm doing because I am saying that Jesus has made a difference in my life and I want to be faithful to that. That's the mature piece as you know as we go along in that direction that's the mature piece because otherwise then we're just in a immature ping pong game of tragic <laughs> codependence. That's right. Well, you know what? You you're talking about self-differentiation. 
we talked about interdependence last, <laughs> last week, right? And so it's 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 a tricky thing because when I think of hurt, when I think of trauma, a traumatized person, people, community, society, I think of, uh, you know, if you have a gaping wound on your arm and somebody comes along and gives you an attaboy, that's going to hurt. Whereas the same pressure on somebody who isn't wounded doesn't hurt at all. Right. And so I guess what I'm wondering is how do you maintain self-differentiation and interdependence yeah. <laughs> while you're wounded? Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful question. You're, you're, you're talking about, you know, walking that line, right? So uh, one of the ways we walk that line, right, is, is that we, we pay a lot of attention to our own motives. We don't want to enable people, right? I mean, you know, codependence. I mean, again, the, the level of maturity to even stop and reflect, along these lines, you know, has to be sort of pointed to. So, you know, what is my motivation uh, has to be investigated. You know, what is my motivation? Do I want to just be popular? Well, okay, that may get you started, but it won't sustain you, right? Do I want to increase the celebrity of Jesus is where the end zone is at for my football fans, right? That's where the end zone is, is that all I want to do is increase the celebrity of Jesus Christ. John the Baptist shows he's, shows us he's a mature person when he says, I must decrease and he must increase. He understands his role. He understands also who's driving the bus. And all he wants to do is for us to fix our attention on the person who's actually driving. So, I mean, I, I guess what I would want to say is, is that uh, we've got to look deeply into our our motives. It, it, you know, and Paul writes this um, uh, letter, uh, this thirteenth chapter to the church in Corinth. He starts off that you know, if you give your body to be burned, if you can talk like an angel, sing like an angel, all that's great, right? So, but let's investigate your motivations. And a, a lot sometimes we do uh, the right things for the wrong reasons, right? Uh, I remember a, a, a reggae song some years ago. I said, some people have their wrong right and some people have their right wrong, right? <laughs> and so one of the great parts about growing up with God uh, is, is that that starts to get uh, affected. That starts to get changed. And this is why I would commend scripture to anybody today, which is, is that I don't know, uh, you know, a document, uh, a, a living book that can help you sort out your own sort of um, spiritual chiropractic needs. I mean, you know, the words of Jesus, the words of the prophets, the words of, of, of the apostle, um, they begin to help you walk uh, a particular contour in life. And you begin to examine it and without shame or guilt. And you begin to wonder about your own journey and how some things got knotted up for you. Look, uh, we're being pointed to love today in terms of this text, but the truth of the matter is, is that uh, we were not loved. We did not learn love from perfect people. Mm. That's the truth of the matter. Uh, I don't know about you, my family of origin. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> God bless uh, my mother and father who adopted me at fifty years old and 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 gave me the best version of love that they knew how. Right. And I bless them for that. I thank them for that deeply, gratefully. Uh, and, and, and also what is true is, is that they had some stuff. Uh, and, and so, and now I have a wife and I have children. And so uh, what we want to do is pass on the best understanding, the best version, the best modeling of love that you and I can. And if for my money, 
Nobody teaches that better than Jesus. Nobody teaches that than scripture. And so what I want to do is I want to take the little I do know about love, and I want to lay that at the feet of God. And I want to say, mold me, right? I'm the clay, you're the potter. I want to say, mold me. Now, there are parts that have been easier to mold than others, right? And so we're on a living, learning journey. And that's all we mean by Christian maturity is that can you take all of who you are and just lay it at the feet of God and say, here I am, I'm yours. I can't make it better than you can make it. Fix me. You know, we used to pray that as a prayer. Fix me, Lord, fix me. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe we ought to take up that prayer some more these days. I love it. Well, friends, grow up. And we can do it. <laughs> we can do it together. <laughs> Amen. Bishop, thank you so much for your wisdom. And listeners, thank you to listening to Four People. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll be right back with you next week.